Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Speaking of those Wizards right now, my friend, you should have bet on them. No, Why? They're down 10. They're going to lose. They don't play any defense. Tyler Hero's got 10 points. Nets up on your Bulls, 59-58 at halftime. Warriors up five on the Thunder in the second. We got all in-season tournament games tonight. Who doesn't love this? With the history, the storied history of the NBA in-season tournament, with the dully colored courts, not a lot of color on them, simple jerseys, rich history, very simple, traditional. No, none of those things exist. When you none left the room, true. Luke said, what the hell is up with this mid-season tournament? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I'd rather rip my eyeballs out than watch this product. Then in you fact, know what, Luke? Rip your eyeballs out. No, I actually didn't say Sucks. that, but you know, I kind of agree with those comments, though, so I kind of wish I did say You're going to love this yeah. down the road, guys. I What's believe the it. reward? What's the reward? Uh, everybody I, gets honestly, money and a trophy. Let's be honest. That's all that it is. People, rich guys get more rich. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how it works. So you, they just want to make basketball relevant before Christmas. Yes, that's I exactly. See. And you know what? You. Here's yeah. here's what I will say. I know it's easy. This is the way the world works, right? Everybody looks at something new, and they want to laugh, and they want to complain, and they want to say it's stupid. I remember years and years ago, back in my day, kids, when the uh, timeline first showed up on Facebook. People freaked out. They were like, oh, my God, I don't want to know what people are doing. I don't want them knowing. what." I-. Everything is yeah. a timeline now. Twitter, Instagram, yeah. it's all the same stupid thing. Everybody hated the change. I can remember when people hated uh, you know, al- alternate camera views in, uh, in-, in NFL games. That's and- what? Because sometimes those could be good, you know what I mean? And sometimes those are still great. Yeah. I remember when people made fun of the play-in tournament. Well, guess what? Yeah. The play-in tournament's here to stay, and it's really great. So right now, everybody's going to sit here, and they're going to make fun of the NBA for trying this in-season tournament, but they're going to be the same people that will then complain because they'll say, well, the regular season isn't meaningful enough, and the guys don't care. Well, what do you think the NBA's doing? They're listening to you. They're saying, yeah, our guys don't care enough, and they don't play enough in the regular season. So we've created a rule to actually allow them to be, feel more obligated, let's say, to play regular season games. And we've made regular season games that much more important because we've created a tournament. This isn't a new thing. They do this in, what, Premier League and all these other yeah. leagues? Like, this notion that everybody gets upset because they don't like the change, but then they want something to change. But then there's, like, it's just people just love to bitch and complain. And I'm so tired of it. This may not, it's not an NBA championship, but you know what it is? It's going to create something that eventually will be tradition. The play in tournament means something, this will mean something too. Anybody complaining about this, then don't watch, because guess what? It's still at least better than what we had before. And they're trying something. And I always applaud the NBA for at least trying something. They're a progressive league that says, hey, let's have a draft before the All-Star game. Worked for a few years. You know what they're doing now? Going back to East-West again. They're trying different things. Some stuff sticks, some stuff doesn't. Shut up if you don't like it. (laughs) It's better to try something and it's better to change things, damn it, than to sit here and leave it the same way over and over and over again, like the NHL, and never do anything about it, and then complain. Because people don't talk about our sport enough. Yeah, I'm so tired of that. 
Uh, the one thing, the only uh, well said, maybe <laughs> maybe the courts don't need to stick, though. I don't know about the courts. I, and that's fine. Like This if looks like, like it's being played underwater. If this, you don't like the courts, I can, I can compromise like with you on that. This looks like it's being played like on, on a candy cane. This is being played in hell. <laughs> and I can agree with you that some of the courts are a little bit much. They might dial them I'm back. Sure it looks a lot better in person, too, though, the courts. Uh, you might be right. I don't at know. At the game, maybe. I don't know. It might hurt your eyes, like, literally. I do agree, though. I do like the fact they are trying to make, you know, meaning meaningless basketball actually uh, meaningful. So Yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah, it is what it is. Like, I'll take it on a Friday night. I wish I could indulge a little bit, but unfortunately, I have yeah. too much money tied up in the National <laughs> Football League this week. I mean, well, think about it. Baseball is 162 games. Too many. Uh, way too, way many. too many. Especially as a Cubs fan. 162 too many. You're never say. going to cut <laughs> down on a league schedule. You're never going to have fewer games. Well, look at this. The Wizards watch party tonight in Boundary Stone out here in D.C. I'm going to have to show up. Maybe, Maybe uh, make an make, appearance. Make I got a little appearance pants. in there. You think I could go out in sweats tonight, Luke? Yeah. Do you see a lot of people out in sweats when you go out? Like if yeah, I why not? Up, Probably not. I might have to hit up the Boundary No, no. If bar. you say joggers, then it's it's fine. Then it's style. You can't these, say sweats. These, these are more like sweats. These they are, are kind joggers. Of, yeah, these are these right. are like the comfies. Yeah, you know, you can those are what fit you like wear Two Horvats in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two Horvats yeah. in them. <laughs> it's it's a Friday night edition. It's Friday night pints here. You know, it's it's boys' night out. We're just a couple guys talking some balls. Yeah. So I threw on the sweatpants. Tyler Hero, food. Tyler Hero, by the way, closing in on a triple double already. He's got twelve seven and seven. Haven't had all the year. And it's not even halftime yet. Early so. on here. All right, back to the NFL. Cardinals one and seven. We know kind of what this team is at this point. Dumb. They're at the Browns. It sounds like Deshaun Watson is going to play. He was a full participant in practice. Browns are now ten point favorites in this. The total's still thirty eight and a half. So it's not like it ballooned a ton. It only went up about a point. But Cleveland was at a minus eight uh, before the Deshaun Watson news. And now they're up to a double-digit favorite. Clayton Toon likely going to make the start. Again, that's one of the seven rookies that could be starting this weekend in the NFL. God, that Browns defense, they're only allowing 163 passing yards a game, Ryan. They could make life absolute hell for Clayton Toon. Yeah, I just don't know what to do in this game, you know, because... Nothing, don't touch it. Just stay away. Unless you want to have some sort of defensive props for the Browns, man. I, t- I would not touch it. Maybe an under. I mean, because, like, I mean, Arizona's been a scrappy team. I think that might come to an end here soon, especially when you continue to pile up those losses. You know, a lot of the guys in the locker room probably going to figure, hey, we're not going to be here next year regardless. Is Kyler Murray even going to be there? Because he's healthy. I think Kyler Murray is ready to go. They don't want to play him, though, because they don't want to get him hurt because they want to trade him at the end of the season because they're going to most likely have a top three pick, meaning they're going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Or J.J. McCarthy. I really think they're whoever gonna, it is. I think they might keep Kyler. I man. think they move him, man, because I think that if but they wanted to so keep him, you could play him down. right now. Unless you just don't want to throw him to the wall. You don't want him to get hurt. Especially you're not going to start him against the Browns' defense. No, not against this Browns' defense. Although, man, the Colts a couple weeks ago had some success. We'll talk about that later on. But yeah, I didn't do anything with the side. I didn't do anything with the total here. There's a prop I like. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. Uh, really small. This is one I just added. The number's 24 and a half. Longest reception. I like 24.5 here because the Cardinals are giving up 2.9 completions of 20 or more yards per game. The secondary hasn't been great. At least one has went 24 yards in every game against Arizona. And Amari Cooper's really right now the only deep threat for uh, Cleveland. He's been targeted right now, especially with P.J. Walker at quarterback. So if you look at the deep balls, 14 of the Browns' 29 pass attempts or 20 or more yards uh, have been to Amari Cooper. And he caught two last week against Seattle. You look at the Cardinals, they're giving up, man, 65% completion rate on throws 15 or more yards down the field. So let's go Amari Cooper, really small, over 24 and a half yards on the longest reception, and that's uh, plus money. That's all I got in this game. I 
I just I just don't even know what to make of Deshaun Watson coming that's, back. And that's like, the concern is he, yeah. like with him going, is he gonna be able to to get it to him? Or is it gonna be PJ? Because here's the thing. Deshaun says he's going to play, says he feels good. There's no designation on him or whatnot. Yeah. I gotta see it to believe it. Agreed. Like I, I still have a weird feeling it's going to be PJ Walker in this game. He also hasn't looked <laughs> good at all in a Browns uniform, really. Is he we... gonna make it all four quarters? Right. That's the other question. So <laughs> I'm just like in the back of my head, I'm 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 going like into this one thinking it's going to be PJ or it's gonna be Deshaun and what is he gonna have after not playing the last couple of I mean, weeks. if they're smart, they run the ball a lot anyway, considering Arizona, you know, allowing hundred thirty rushing yards a game. I mean, they're not a good team against the run. The Browns put up 155 in their last three games. So, like, we've seen them run the football with P.J. Walker as the starter, and it's it's kind of held them over, right? They're like, okay, we got to figure this out. Let's just get the ball. And they don't even have Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt's played well. Like, I mean, yeah. Jerome Ford played well when he was out there. Like, they've been able to find other guys to fill that gap. Clay Thompson just hit a beautiful buzzer beater <laughs> at halftime. 69-67, uh, Warriors up on the Thunder. In-season tournament game. See? Putting up a lot of points. Game matters, game right damn here. It. I mean, these are two fun teams. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Rams are at your Green Bay Packers, my friend. Right now, the Packers are three-point favorites. Another low total in this 38-and-a-half. I'm not touching anything here until I know what Matt Stafford's situation is going to be. Yeah. The big thing is we know how bad Green Bay starts off games and how much better they are in the second half. Like That's the difference for me. The Packers are a minus 59 in point differential in the first half, and they're a plus 43 in the second half. So the key for me here is if Matt Stafford's playing, I'm betting the Rams whatever the point total is, or whatever the spread is. I'm taking the Rams in the first half spread, and then Packers maybe, I don't know, it, Kevin, Jordan, I was say Kevin Love, geez, watching NBA. Jordan Love maybe figures it out. I mean, I don't know. He's thrown an interception in five straight games, man. I I really think this could be a one and done for him as the starter for the Packers. Yeah, I, mean, I you, can't believe it. I mean, he doesn't even have the uh, confidence of the general manager no. who drafted him while Aaron Rodgers was under contract for four more years. So, <sighs> so what happens? You don't have ownership. Hasn't been very good for Jordan Love. Also, hasn't been very good for Matt Lafleur. I was talking about this on the uh, latest version of uh, Curtin Long. So, Jordan Love go. a couple weeks ago was a perfect nine for nine on play action passes. Barely used any. And what's crazy is you had a full week off uh, off the bye to prepare for Denver, right? And, like, there's two areas where you could attack Denver's defense. They can't defend play-action passes, and they can't defend the deep ball. Jordan Love has been throwing deeper than any quarterback in the league until they played against the Denver Broncos, and then he averaged four yards per attempt, intended air yards. Like, nothing even over five yards in that game. They didn't use play-action. They used it four times the entire first half. That's on coaching. That's on Matt LaFleur. So right now it's hard to trust Green Bay, but if it's Brett Rippon, Green Bay has to win this game, especially with that Rams offensive mm-hmm. line and ripping behind center. He'd be the worst quarterback going this week. And Rashawn Gary just got paid 100 million, so I like him to have a sack in this game. The look I like, I played Aaron Jones to score an anytime touchdown at plus 120, and I'm going to take the rushing attempts over, and I'm going to take the rushing yards. I know I did it last week, and it didn't come home. Looks like, finally, he's ready to go. Matt LaFleur said today, Ready to cut them loose versus the Rams. <laughs> so if the rushing attempts are nine and a half again, I think we we get there at least by the third quarter. So Aaron Jones rushing attempts over Aaron Jones to score a touchdown in this game. And if it's Brett Rippon, I like Green Bay uh, to finally get a win at Lambeau Field. Cold weather, at least colder, windy conditions against mm-hmm. this Rams team with the backup quarterback. I know they have all those weapons. 
But, uh, yeah. And then if I'm playing props for the Rams, I'm going to go over on uh, Puka. I'm going to stay away from Cup right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay away from 2-2. But I think this is a good matchup for Puka because there's going to be no Rasul Douglas, your best second-best cover corner. He just got traded to the Bills, which leaves Jair on the other side. So it should be a huge, huge, huge game for Puka. Should we do a double or nothing on the costume? Then no, for, I'm not. Uh, the no, he's he he has to pay up. I'm not. I'm yeah, not even going to give him that. Yeah. Should we just, just make it. it worse? No, right no, yeah. I'm not going to commit. Like I, I, I could see the Rams beating them. See, he, Brett that Rippen. was a one and done. I knew once we had it, we had That's our, a good spot. Yeah, when we had that's more about we the number playing than the with his confidence. No, we, yeah. we we sank our fangs into that one, and I knew we had him. That was more about the spot and the number than the Packers. Oh yeah, I don't want to spend any more. Why I I have no investment in Jordan Love in this game, except for he turns around, he hands the ball to Aaron Jones, hopefully ten times, and, and we, that might be the best we strategy. Did. Yeah, and that's it. And then we ding. That should that's be all the strategy. Yeah, Packers zero and four against the spread too. Yeah, in this last zero and four against games. my eyeballs. Yeah, it's I mean it's rough. I get it. Speaking of uh, teams that you don't really want to watch, uh, Commanders are at the Patriots. Three and five against two oh, and I six. I want to watch. I know you do. Patriots are a field goal favorite right now. Totals forty one in this. I mean, think of these offenses though, man. Commanders are thirty first in points per game. Or points allowed, actually, first. Yeah. And then the Patriots, the 31st in points per game. Uh, the Commanders' offense is hit or miss. I mean, you know they put up big numbers, obviously, against the Eagles. But you can also just give up a ton of sacks with that offensive line. You know me. I'm staying away from this because I just don't know what to make from this team week by week. But I'm also jaded, and it's emotional. So I'll only maybe dabble in a couple of props, and that's as far as it goes. I would maybe lean something Terry McLaurin, and then that's probably about it. But I just don't. I just don't know what to make of either one of these teams right now, other than the fact that the Commanders want to play well because maybe Bill Belichick will want to coach them. So if I'm betting the Commanders, I need the three. And unfortunately right now, the three is minus 120. And that's the only way I'm playing this game. For me, it's Washington or pass. I know Mm -hmm. they just traded away Sweat, who I really like. Yeah. I know that they traded away Chase Young, but, but I man, will say this: they got a couple of guys in Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams that'll be that have actually gotten a lot of time out there, and this team played well on runs they've made in the past when they've actually been out there on the field. So they're not going to be flashy, but they're good, solid defensive ends to, or defensive linemen to put out there and fill the gaps. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the drop off, Chase Young. I'm not saying he's just a name because he's actually having a pretty solid season. And the last time we saw him fully healthy was his rookie year, and he had a pretty solid season. I think he does more good in San Francisco than he does right now in DC, yeah. though. Yeah. So you got willing guys. I'm more worried still about the secondary, the young guys there. So, um, but Patriots, man, do they really against anybody right now? A two and six, two and six football team. And that's because of the name. They're not three points better than anybody. Not against the Commanders even in this game. I still like the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The Commanders, because of Ron, because of that coaching staff, who's probably not going to be there at the end of the year, they're still playing for something. They at least think they are. Like, they were competitive against Philadelphia. And what I like about the Commanders, why I like them against Philadelphia, they throw the ball on early downs. It's not these inefficient halfback draws, leaving Sam Howell, you know, third and eight, third and seven, getting thrown to the Wolves. And uh, I think that's how the Patriots win this game is like they get constant pressure on Sam Howell, force him into some mistakes. I think the commanders are going to be able to move the ball a little bit in this game, too. I love the plus three. Mm -hmm. Don't love the price, but I like Washington in this spot. That's it for me, though. Howell's really good targeting the middle of the field, too, completing 75% of his passes in that spot. Yeah, who do you who does that benefit in this spot? I was thinking about the same thing, man. I was... I'd maybe go Lance Thomas, the like, tight end. I think this is a Terry McLaurin game, actually. But that's finally. McLaurin's already the one I said. That was the one. The only other one I'd say is maybe, you know, if you start maybe targeting tight end. Well, Thomas, the tight end. That's yeah. the only one you really want to go. Yeah. And so I'm with you on McLaurin. And then the only other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like the tight end number. So I would just do the yeah. 61 and a half receiving yep. yards for McLaurin. It's yeah, minus 120. McLaurin's probably. He's the only one you could really count on consistently. So yeah. it's bet MGM tonight.
It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from Beck. Been around the block in Baker. And then the other one, his own team does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln Riley. And you watch him, how frustrated he's been getting over the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't, when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the NFL, you've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake May plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly. But he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so I think that's the difference here. And, yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson that are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play that that makes their best plays without with it outside of the structure of the offense. But I think Drake May is now becoming more of a – Drake May and Michael Pinch are becoming more um, – they're bubbling up from everyone I talk to from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways to make plays. They know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They they can use the auxiliary, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing are, is teams want guys that can still play within the structure. I think we need to set mm-hmm. some parameters for roasting people for oh. their bets because I'm not going to lie. Last week's teaser was absolutely terrible. I don't think I hit a single leg in it, which is fine. And at the end of the day, it counts for one bet. So people are saying, oh, all of your takes were terrible. Listen, if you lose a parlay or a teaser by one leg or four, mm-hmm. it does not matter. It counts the same. But there is nothing worse than people who come on after the fact and say, all yeah. of these picks were terrible. Well, you have to say that before the game starts or else you just look like a Monday morning quarterback because obviously anybody can come in after the game and say, oh, you should have picked this team. So can we set some parameters for roasting people's sure. picks? I say if you don't roast somebody before the game starts, you shouldn't be allowed to roast somebody at all. Yes. If you roast someone after the fact, you're a loser. You know why? Because anybody can do that. Anyone. Anyone can say, oh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. And if you win, I won't say anything. But if you lose, I'll troll you. That's just, that's that's lowbrow thinking. So, yeah, if you're going to call somebody out and say, I disagree with this pick, fine. Disagree before the fact. Don't do it afterwards. A child can do that. Also, if you're going to provide generic fifth grade insults, I'm not going to acknowledge you because it is one thing if you listen to my reasoning, you say, hey, I have a problem with your line of thinking. This is wrong. And I think you need to consider this other than just somebody simply commenting wrong. Like that's the worst. (laughs) Like you can't even argue with these people because I will follow up and say, okay, what exactly about my handicap? do you disagree right. with specifically and they never have an answer and then they just follow up see you were wrong 
I'm like, okay, well, if you can't tell me why I was wrong, then like you don't have any grounds for insults. And also another thing, if you don't have your picture as your profile picture, and if you don't use your name as your profile name, you can't insult anybody for anything. It's very easy to hate from the sidelines. If you don't put your name to it, mm-hmm. sit down. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I love the fact that you've got a bunch of notes on a crumbled up like piece of paper. All right, we give out two of these. Jaron Hall over 16 and a half rushing yards. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. On this sheet, we still got one, two, three, four more to go. They going? Yeah. Where are we going? Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. One eighteen, one fourteen. Pacers at eleven p.m. on a Friday night. Pacers up on the Cavs right now in a meaningful NBA game in season right. tournament, my friend. Debatable. Don't scoff. Debatable. It's not debatable. It means Debatable. something. Anything means something. I don't know. Like game if you one is, to mean something. You know, I, I think like in the long run, yeah, they're mean. Hey, you know, does the first round of March Madness matter? Yes. Not to Kentucky. Yes. Sometimes. Well, sometimes St. Yeah. Pete comes to town. <laughs> Bucks up five on the Knicks in the third. Wizards down six at halftime. Uh, your Bulls tied with the. That's 64 in the third. There you go. See? Zach Levine's got 17. Hey, maybe they'll get to raise a banner right next to the uh, gave the heat hell in the play-in game. How funny would it be? How funny would it be if the Bulls win the in-season tournament? What would you even do? Like, I feel like you'd be emotionally torn. Yeah, would you I'd celebrate? Sell. Like, if they play in the championship game, I have to go home for it. Or I have to travel for well, it. What's in Vegas, so you'd have to. Vegas. Even better? Yeah, well, yeah. I haven't been. It's crazy. Like, I used to go three times a year. I started doing the show, but MGM tonight, I haven't been to Vegas. So yeah. maybe maybe that's a thing we can do. Well, it's supposed happen. to be twice uh, coming up, so we'll see if that actually happens. I, I think we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Super least, I, at least I'm going to be there. I'm, going, the other, I'm right? going for March Madness, <laughs> with or without the show. Well, Cody Taps out in Kansas City, host of Cody and Gold Cody's 610 coming. Sports. Cody can come to Vegas with us if he wants to, yeah. too. Uh, he's not in Germany, unless maybe I don't know about that, and you were sent out to Germany. Uh, these. Do you when you look at this game, uh, the travel, the time difference, the jet lag? Like, how much of that do you factor into what the Chiefs just had in Denver and the way that they looked, and Mahomes being sick and all that? And now after that, having to go all the way out to freaking Germany to play a football game. I feel like I factored in less because they played so bad against Denver. I'm like, well, they're not going to sleepwalk through like jet lag again, right? They already kind of did that. Um, there's no doubt that it has some factor. But as you guys know, when you start studying the numbers and it's two good offenses, more often than not, these teams still score. I think normally it's a few less points in these games, but I don't think that I take it in too serious. And I think I feel worse about it or like maybe it would impact these teams more if it weren't for the fact that the Chiefs just played so terribly against Denver. 
Who's your pick to click in this game on the offensive side of the ball other than Travis Kelsey? Who should have a big game? I mean, Miami plays a ton of man, and I don't... Oh, Taylor Swift well, might not say, be there. Hold on. I think, Hold I mean, on. I should say they play a ton of zone, and the Chiefs eat zone alive. So, But who would be that other guy for Kansas City? Would it be Rice, or is there another guy maybe that you would look at to have a big game against this Miami defense who's getting healthier but still has some things to figure out in the back end? Look, I'll, Rice is definitely going to be the second-leading receiver. But honestly, proper degenerates like me and people who are convinced eventually guys just have to get yardage – I have uh, I have a parlay with all three low wide receivers, and I've got separate bets on MVS hitting the last two weeks because their totals are so low. I can't tell you how much fun it is to try to parlay them. If you add it, Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, you put them like and you put them all together in one unit. You're covering like 50 yards. That's it. Wow. For a quarterback who might add 250 yards in the game, it's nothing. Everybody's total. Justin Watson's was like 16, 17 and a half. MVS's was 16 and a half. Sky Moore's was 18 and a half. Tony's was 10, 9 at some books. So it doesn't even matter. Like, to me, pick your horse in the wide receiver unit. I would pick Sky Moore, but choose one guy who has one of those low totals for the Chiefs and hope he makes a catch against Patrick Mahomes. Justin Watson's probably the choice. He's covered that number five or seven times his total. So, I mean, he's probably the best bet. But I, I'd be a little surprised if some of these low-end wide receivers don't chip in more this week. i got to be honest with you, Cody. I may tail you on that. That's a great idea. I mean, nobody knows what that offense looks like week after week and who's going to get it. I do feel like they're trying to make, not make, but like evolve Rasheed Rice into like a potential number one wide receiver. Obviously not number one pass catcher, but number one wide receiver. Is that kind of the idea? Is that how they see him as a guy down the road that could really be a, a, a legit number one for them? Yeah, I think as the season goes on, he'll look more and more like that Juju Smith-Schuster role. Mm. The whole year, look, it's going to take him longer, and it was always going to take him longer, because in the early part of the season, they were using him less than, like, four other wide receivers. As of last week, for the first time all year, he led the wide receiver unit in routes run, in snaps. So I assume that moving forward, especially after the bye week, he's going to be their number one weapon regularly in the game. But they're still going to have to throw to other guys. He's still a rookie wide receiver, and at some point, if he ends up being the only wide receiver who catches stuff, they'll probably clamp down on him a little bit and force one of these other guys to beat him. It's still so weird with Sky Moore because everyone, and I watched, I mean, I, we did our entire show up at camp. I was convinced he was the goods and that he was going to, and I didn't think he was a thousand yard receiver, but I thought this guy looks good and he's ready to be in the NFL. They keep him out on the field like they still think something is there, but there's been no stats to back it up to this point. The reason I like this Kansas City team and have the last couple of years is Spags in the defense. I mean, Mahomes is great, obviously, and Kelsey, and they score a bunch of points, and it's Andy Reid, but they have a top-five pass defense as far as efficiency. They're getting pressure. The one area I guess they could improve would be against the run, but it's the NFL. You know, these teams are just you know built to stop the pass. Uh, any issues on the defensive side of the ball for you? Anything that concerns you, not only really in this matchup, you know, just with Miami, but moving forward the rest of the season? Yeah, as long as Nick Bolton's out, they're going to be a little bit worse against the run. So if you like those running back receiving totals, there's probably some truth there. But they'll struggle a little bit more with there without their best linebacker in. Yeah. Other than that, no. Legereus Need, the reason why they hold top receivers down is because Legereus Need is not afraid to get three penalties called against him to bully through a wide receiver. That's what happened with Justin Jefferson a few weeks back before he got hurt when they really clamped him down. And what I think they'll probably do with Tyreek Hill. People, this is one of those like really small insidery things. But for two and a half consecutive years in Kansas City, 
one-on-one against Tyreek Hill in practice every day, Legereus Snead. That's the guy they butted up against every single time. That's really? who faced each other in practice all the time. They know each other probably better than most groups. And as much as Trent McDuffie is their best cover corner, in this game I'd be shocked if they didn't use Legereus Snead that way. But they can get to the – they can – they got good secondary. They can get a pass rush. I just worry about the run a little bit with no Nick Bolton. Talking to Cody Tapp, BetMGM tonight. Hey, is Isaiah Pacheco going to get more carries? Because uh, I used to go week after week, rushing plus receiving yards with him. Man, and it hit every single week. Now it's up to 82.5 in a lot of books. And I just I think that number's too high, given the usage we've seen from the last couple of weeks from him. Yeah, it seems too high based on current usage. I still can't explain how we only got eight carries last week against the league's worst run defense in what was a one-score game for like three and a half quarters. This is just a constant Andy Reid reminder. Yes, Pacheco will touch the ball more this week because I think that they'll try to play more of that game. I still think 82 and a half is a little little high for this week, but they'll get back to him. Andy just, he gets like a couple weeks in a row for his entire NFL career, and this happened in Philly too. But just like he just forgets the running backs exist. And then he's like, oh, he'll like wake up like, oh, okay, never mind. The reason if you were going to bet the total this week, if you were feeling the over, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't make the trip. Jarek McKinnon has been a limited participant in practice all week. Are they really going to give LaMichael P. Ryan that much work? Probably no. But I still think that there's a limitation to how high he'll go this week because Andy's only going to give him maximum 15 to 17 touches, and that'd be on the high end. Cody, when you look at the rest of the AFC, do you think this is a possible AFC championship matchup? I guess the better question would be, are the Dolphins the team that concerns you the most, especially now with Ramsey back, getting a little bit healthier year one for Vic Fangio as DC? You have the Jags, you have the Ravens, you have the Steelers. You know, who's the biggest threat? Because, in my opinion, like the Chiefs should be favored every year they have Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, there are going to be some uh, obvious threats in the AFC especially. Look, I, I might take the sense any more serious than Miami. It's not even say they can't beat him. Does anyone else think Miami's defense is is a fraud? Like, I was going through their schedule because I'm like, okay, they're 25th in points per game. That's yeah. bad alone. But that is actually, weirdly enough, that's inflated. Five of their games, two against New England, the Bears and Carolina are all bottom five offenses in the NFL. The fifth game is Denver. They're no good. The three games that they face actual offenses, top ten offenses in the NFL – Philly, Miami, or, or uh, yeah, Philly, the Bills, and the Chargers, they're allowing 38 points a game. Yep. So, I don't know, kind of reminds me of like the 2018 Chiefs. I've seen that story. You can threaten for a while, but eventually if your defense is going to play terrible, it, gets, it, it catches up with you. So we saw Tyreek Hill earlier this week. Obviously, everybody's going to ask him about, you know, seeing his former team. And in, it's not in Kansas City, but in it doesn't really matter. Career his future Well, that was a different interview <laughs> oh. in his future oh, career. Yeah. Very, very, very different thing. Uh, we can <laughs> we can talk about that if you want. But, you know, he, he talked about, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are going to get this work. I mean, look, Tyreek is having an incredible season. It's him and A.J. Brown, really, the two best receivers in the NFL. And they're very different receivers, obviously. But, you know, when when you look at what his... Like, what he can just do week after week. And you look at this Chiefs team that obviously knows who he is and what his tendencies are. Like, do you even give them any sort of an advantage to maybe slow him down a little bit? I just, I feel like at this point, Tyreek Hill is impossible to stop. Yeah, I just, I think he is. I think his skill set is impossible to stop, and it's coupled with the fact that they are so good offensively at creating space. Turns out when you get Tyreek Hill in space, you are just, kind of screwed. So unless they're going to sell out on Tyreek Hill, which I think I'd be a little bit surprised by with Spags, I assume he'll just get his. 
I mean, I, at this point, I just assume he's going to have 2,000 yards receiving. It's funny. I'll be honest. When he left Kansas City and he started talking to his podcast, he's like, you know, they held me back. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. You're one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and you were, you know, like, you had, 15, you had 1,400 yards the last year here. And then I watched him get in Miami. I'm like, oh, you know what? Um, man, he might have been on to something there. Not, not that he was being held back, but because Travis Kelsey existed, maybe they only needed 1,400 yards out of them, and it was capable of 2,000 yards. Based on that, I think you just take your losses normally in there. You're just like, cool. If he can keep him out of the end zone for a 50-yard touchdown, I'm fine. If he goes 8 for 110, just as long as everything's in front of me, I'm fine. Hey, how is Tyreek viewed by like the fan base and the media there now? Um, so he was always a mixed bag anyway, because he was difficult with the media pretty much the entire time he was here. Mm-hmm. He is much less like now. I think that that's probably one of those time when he'll all wounds things. As in, like if he shows back up for the Ring of Honor, people won't. But boy, he started to talk a lot when he left and about, you know, like Chiefs and like how there was different things that they did. And he yeah. talked a lot about the money. And the truth is, it, it, I, they didn't care as much. They cared more regular season last year. But then the Chiefs won the Super Bowl without him. And they're like, eh, whatever. Tyreek can talk. Like, go ahead, man. Um, it seemed like it worked fine without you. It's cool. Everyone still thinks he's an incredible talent. But I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think there are plenty of people who don't like him here. But I don't. He's not one of the most, like, reviled people in this history. Cody, so uh, my only complaint about this game, because I'm so excited for Dolphins, Chiefs, is that I have to wake up early the one morning I get to sleep in and don't have to get my kid to school at 6.30 a.m. But uh, even in your bio, you know, come for the sports, stay for the baking. Give us uh, give us something, give us a little recipe or something, that maybe like a good idea that we could wake up early, maybe bake like some chocolate chip cookies or something. What's a good early morning snack that won't hurt the stomach? You know, because later on you got to do the wings and the pizza. Mm-hmm. What's what's a good uh, early go-to for this one? Not even kidding. I was looking at recipes tonight to make uh, sweet rolls because I was Ooh. watching the mm. Great British Bake Off. Yeah, I watch baking shows in addition so to I. actually bake. So I think the one German thing I looked up, so sweet rolls are very good. That's more of a British thing. The German cake I looked up that looks super easy is called beasting cake. So if you just Google it, that'll show up. And it's just like light, easy honey bread. Who doesn't like that in the morning, right? Put it with some bacon and then call it a day. That actually sounds pretty damn good. But you said well, yeah. so I, I always need some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like trying to. It's either like food from a different like city for like pe- that people tailgate with, or in this case now it's like German. food from Germany or well, yeah. I'd say England, but they don't really have a lot of great food there. They're always yeah. known for not 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 uh, having very much. Although I will say, does your co-host Alex does he still eat Chipotle like four days a week? He had it ordered to the office twice this week in the middle of our show. So yeah, what a I don't think I don't think I don't think that happens ever again. He wow. he told me that one time, and I was like, "How many times?" Like yeah, like three four days a week. I'm like, I mean, I love Chipotle, but. Damn, that's a lot in one week. Yeah, that's a lot of Chipotle. See, the, the problem is, man, like I did that with a couple places when I moved to D.C., and now I can't eat those places. <laughs> I, I never thought that was possible to actually get sick of a food. You can. Or a chain restaurant. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I hey, guess not yeah. with Chipotle, though. Cody, for you got to mix it up. Yeah, you Cody. That oh, sorry, Cody. I was just gonna say, like, because we only got about like a minute or so here. Are you a fan? Or are you getting maybe a little overly tired of these nine? Well, I guess for you, it's eight thirty. These the early morning, like London and now German gate Germany games. It, it, I do feel like as much as I love the NFL, it does kind of. I probably stands out more because this is a game I really want to watch. Where you're like, damn, do we really need it to be that many hours in a row? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Look, I know why they do it. I know why the league does it. Sure. But if they could just give me some more noon kickoffs for 325s, <laughs> I'd be fine. I've got kids, too. I'll be up. But 
I just prefer to not be up and having to be watching football. Right. we got to get locked in. And it's like you love football, but there's a certain point. I remember Mark Cuban years ago talking about the NFL. Like sleep just Too many much, games. You know. And he said, you know, when, what is it, when the hog gets <laughs> fat, it gets slaughtered or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, look, we love football. But, yeah, we could have a few hours. of you, you got to be locked in for every single game from, you know, early in the morning till midnight almost. It's a lot. Anyway, and I don't know why we're complaining. It's football. It's stupid that we complain about it. But, you know, we're all adults. <laughs> we got things in our lives going on. So, yeah. Cody Tapp, host of Cody and Gold. 610 Ports, Kansas City. Good to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. Like, I think it's fair for us. Like, if the NFL started adding, which, I mean, technically, you've got a Black Friday game this year. We know we have the Saturday games, which is nothing new late in the season. You get to the point where it does kind of wear off a little bit in terms of the novelty yeah. of having it on, like, a specific day. Yeah. Yeah. I will maintain forever. Monday night football doubleheaders, no more Thursday night. I don't really like the doubleheader, though. I don't know. I'm a traditionalist, guys. Well, we got to compromise somehow, right? I'm old school. How about a Tuesday game and not a Thursday game? Not so you really have a longer like that. week. That reminds me of COVID. Uh, you're right, it does. Watching the Steelers on a Wednesday? That's fine. <laughs> not great. It's BetMGM tonight. Sorry, Luke. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. One thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three-team parlay last night in the National, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores, and the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around like 1.40, and I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in like that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. You just wake up, you gotta, maybe there's a noise, you got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. 
you got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season, and I absolutely love it. Jenks, if you could have one brand uh, sponsor you, what do you think that brand would be? What brand would sponsor me? I don't know. Some sort of bourbon or something, probably. That's that's what I'd go with. I don't know. I'd have to think about my favorite bourbon. You know, just throw it out like, oh, that's a good one too, Matt. I would either be sponsored by McDonald's because I love the McRib and I'm passionate about the McRib. Or maybe like Woodford or some sort of just solid bourbon. I don't know. I feel like that's right in my wheelhouse. A fast food sandwich from McDonald's or some booze. (laughs) I think that's perfectly in line. What about you? I'm not sure I was thinking about this. Because so much of like marketing and brand management is about awareness. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I have it. Like, I feel like I am so different in so many regards. Like, maybe like a healthy smoothie place. I don't know. Smoothie uh, King. I, do, I wear a lot of Lululemon, but like, I don't think I'm like cool enough to maybe represent them. But the reason I bring this up is because mm-hmm. it feels like we have the perfect partnership in the NFL between Kirk Cousins and Coles. Has there ever been a better brand deal with somebody who is extremely self-aware that he dresses like a dad? Have you seen somebody sponsored by Kohl's? Like they look right up his alley and I took my hat to him. (laughs) I actually have not seen these. This does not shock me. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, we got lots of NBA in-season tournament games tonight. No speed bumps in Garway. We're just rolling right through it, Ryan. Rolling, rolling right with through the it. Homies. The first ever win for an in-season tournament game in the NBA goes to the Indiana Pacers, 121-116. All done. Donovan Mitchell at 38, nine assists. But they lost. The Cavs lost. Cavs suck. Yeah, you know. History. So if there's ever a trivia question, who won the first ever NBA play-in tournament game? In-season play-in, in-season game. I'm never going to get it right. In-season tournament. That would be the Indiana Pacers because they tipped off before everybody else and their game finished. Meanwhile, uh, he got the Warriors down five to the Thunder. (laughs) I saw Kevon Looney, like nine minutes to go in the third, picked up his fourth foul. That dude is either a rebounding machine or a foul machine. It's one or the other. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. The best part about watching the league on League Pass, man, is when you, or ESPN for this instance, you get to see like a buddy in the crowd. Uh, The other night I saw my cousin Joe at the United Center. (laughs) That's right. You did say you saw that. Because we have season tickets. Well, I used to. He has season tickets still. And uh, my good buddy, Bart Winkler, we've seen him now four times. He's all over X social media. He's probably on X. 
Uh, he's at the game tonight, and they keep showing him for whatever reason. They know who he is. I don't want to see his ugly face. That's not nice. Anymore. Very nice. I texted him. I said, ugh, I could actually see you getting fatter. Kind of like ripping off the uh, Tommy boy. Here you getting fatter. Yeah. I'm a big David Spade guy. <laughs> big Chris Farley guy. Uh, real quick, before we get back to the rest of the games here, yeah. Giannis only has 16 points in the fourth Washed. quarter. You uh, you Straight worried him. about your guy at all? No. No? No, not Giannis, but... You do have to <laughs> question and wonder what the hell he was doing this offseason because he's in great shape. Mm-hmm. See, everybody's always like, oh, Giannis needs to improve his jump shot. He needs to work on his free throws. I agree with the free throws. People bring up the three-point shooting. I never want my seven-footer shooting threes. You know what I want Giannis to develop? Another post move. Become a Keem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's what I the want. The dream I, shape? Yeah, I, I don't need him shooting threes. Like I don't, I don't want that. But that's, that's today's NBA. That's not what we want. Though. Everybody's got to be able to shoot threes. That's like just he, what you assume. And you can shoot them every once in a while. Like no. you got, you got to keep him honest out there. Have him follow you around out there. But at the same time, man, like he's never going to be JJ Redick, but he can be a better Akeem. A better Maybe. Akeem, I said. Akeem's, Akeem, man, I got him in my top ten all time. Oh, he's, I know these young bucks come in. Like Akeem no, is one you, of dude. those guys that could play in today's league. Thank you. That's the truth. Uh, there are so many people that don't realize when they talk about the great bigs of the NBA, Hakeem Olajuwon is not mentioned in that sentence, and it's blasphemous. He still gave you the say. business, and he probably would be able to develop a three point shot. Oh yeah, like yeah, the I other mean, guys probably wouldn't be able to. I don't know about Ewing. Although you, but Ewing like, had Ewing a mid-range could, shot. And Ewing could still play in this league, too, and give you what he was giving you back in the 90s. Yeah. Shaq yeah. would be just as dominant. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a skill set, too. If you watch young Shaq, watch, like, skinny LSU, yeah. Orlando Magic, even those first couple of years with the Lakers, Shaq. People don't remember those years. That though. was when he was... He used more of those post moves and less of just his ass. Little shimmy. You know? and, <laughs> right. He would just like the Chris Dudley stuff is hilarious because he, oh, like, man. he had the skill set and he could get you with finesse and like you know the way that he would move, but also he could just bowl you over, you know, like the Chris Dudley stuff, like just throw you to the ground. One of the greatest Dunk scenes in an NBA game ever, and then Dudley nailing him at half court with the basketball. Yeah, just I mean, uh, unbelievable. I mean, it was so disrespectful what Shaq did though. Yeah. just so disrespectful. Yeah. All right, Bears at the Saints. Saints eight and a half point favorites. Totals forty one in this game. I am. I have been a Saints apologist for most of this year. I have said I still believe in Derek Carr, but it was getting harder and harder as the weeks weeks went on. Yeah. Because you've got the weapons, you've got the top five defense. We saw what it did before. You add the stability at quarterback. I know Derek Carr is not a you know an elite quarterback, but I think he's a good quarterback. And now finally, this past week. The Saints offense may have started to click. They gave up, or they had 38 points against the Colts. And I know, like, the Colts secondary, like, that's a get-right game. James Coe was on with us last night, called them the Kirkland brand corners. <laughs> I would actually say that's too disrespectful for Kirkland brand, which is Damn, fantastic I over agree. Costco. I would say Walmart brand, yeah. but that to each his own, and that's fine. But this Bears defense just gave up 30 to the Chargers. Uh, Saints are putting up more than 400 net yards in their last three games each. I don't know whether Montez Sweat is actually going to make his debut or not, and if he does, how much he actually plays. I like the Saints in this. I have not bet. I did go Alvin Kamara over 92.5 rushing and receiving yards. I mean, he's gone so far over that total. Pacheco's gone the wrong way. Uh, Alvin Kamara, they can't set that number high enough for me. I continue to take that over. I have multiple units on that. I absolutely love it. He's hit week after week after week, which I hate saying that because then you know what happens when I do it. Don't do it this week. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, I'm with Uh, you. But the Bears Bears play zone coverage almost. 65% 65% of dropbacks, and then that underneath to Kamara, boom, 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 one after the other after the other. And I think that's one of the big things. The only other thing I would consider maybe is maybe attempts for Derek Carr. 
But Kamara's the only one right now that I'm really comfortable with and already took. Yeah, and the only thing that would scare me about the attempts would be blowout. Yes. Because this Bears team is not good. And, and that's I, why I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, completely agree. So this one actually made the sheet. We got Elvin Kamara. We got over 32 and a half receiving yards. I like the rushing and receiving yeah, combined. Yeah. Uh, that's what I went with, though. Over 32 and a half receiving yards. You said it, man. The Bears are playing a bunch of zone. I think that's going to be um, wide open underneath all game long. And then I actually got another one in this game. We're going to go with, so Justin Fields practiced today, but I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be available in this game. I don't think he's going to play. So that means it's going to be the third consecutive week of my main mans and them. Tyson Bajant, whose father is... Who we is, still call Tyler all the time. Whose father um, <laughs> is... Bajant? No, Tyson. His father is a actual... Um, was a... He's a retired professional arm wrestler. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, his name's Travis. Yeah, so that would be a fun fact. That's maybe a trivia question years from now. Hey, uh, Tyson Bajan, what did his dad do? That guy is You might think, I don't know, pig farmer. No, he he arm wrestled MFers. But anyway, we're going to go under 31 and a half longest completion for for Bajan. Only 10% of his throws have traveled 15 yards down the field. I don't understand what this number is. He's going against the Saints. They have one of the league's best pass defenses in the league. And uh, if you look at it, man, like opponents against the Saints completing what? Uh, let's look at it. 27% of passes, 15 or more yards down the field. So I don't think Bajan's going to be able to take advantage of that. So under on his longest uh, completion. You know and the then Alvin Kamara over 32 and a half receiving yards. Do you what know what it? the team total is for the Bears? That could be interesting. For you go under? full game? Yeah, for full game. Let's see. Bet MGM's got it. Uh, let's see. Full Chicago Bears total points sixteen and a half. Yeah, love it. I'll give you. You know what? I'll be nice. I'll give you um, eighteen and a half. You trying to go under? Oh, I'm going over. Oh, you're going you're over on go the Bears. You think the Bears over. are going to put up points on the Saints defense with Bajan? They're going to put seventeen up. <laughs> this guy's a wild. Cat. You are. You're living on the, the edge. Steel- I took the Steelers over nineteen and a half last night. Twenty. It's going to happen again. So you're, you want to ride that wave. I love riding the teams that like have a really low team total mm-hmm. See what I can and do take the you. over. It's it's fantastic. You, but the problem is you've got to have confidence in a quarterback that's a Division II quarterback that uh, you know can't throw for 200 yards in a game. Like It's a great story, but we've seen this before. The dude's not an NFL quarterback. No, and that's why I'm going <laughs> under longest completion. Right here at BetMGM is minus 110. Follow me. The over is minus 120. He's not hitting a 32-yard deep shot against the Saints secondary. Now, Yak, you worry about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ooh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore is the only yep. issue. Not scared. Uh, that, yeah. and, scared? that and Camara, and I move on to better games. You're right. You're right. You know, <laughs> don't do I'm it not, to yourself, Lucas. That. Don't do it to yourself. Too much. Too many. Uh, too many better things to do. Too many different things. That's to do the thing. That if you if you're too. not if you're not sure, don't take the risk. There's a million other bets that you can make. This is another game that I cannot wait to watch. Seahawks at the Ravens. Ravens are six point favorites now. Totals forty four in this game. Uh, Geno Smith has been uh, he struggled recently. Five interceptions over his last three games. This is an opportunity here for Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet to get, I think, more carries. More opportunities. Take the pressure off of Geno Smith. And look, I know the Ravens' defense certainly is what it is, right? But you're going to have to find a way to not put Geno Smith in a position to throw the ball like 40 times a game. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been incredible, not just this year, but under pressure, man. Yeah. Like, the highest yards per attempt in the NFL, second highest completion percentage, 55% when he's getting pressure. The Seahawks pass rush, 10th in pressure rate. So you've got one guy that's really good against what one of Seattle's big strengths are. I actually really like the Ravens in this game for one, especially because it's under a touchdown right now. And on top of that, I think some Lamar Jackson props are a great way to go. And Mark Andrews, 
Mark Andrews in this as well, I think is another great look here. I actually have a same-game parlay in this. I'll let you say what you want, you want to say about this, but I'll bring up those numbers because I think there's a, there's a really good opportunity here with that. No, yeah, I'm actually with you on um, all accounts in this one, man. So Mark Andrews for sure. Seattle really struggles to defend the tight end position. They play a ton of zone like we just talked about in that last matchup. So the underneath stuff's going to be wide open for Mark Andrews. And also, Lamar picks apart zone defense. He's yeah. top five in EPA per dropback against the zone. Struggles a little bit in man, so I just think this is a bad matchup for Seattle. It's funny. I don't know if this is a hot take. I said this on the radio a couple times. Um, I would maybe think about betting Seattle to run the table in the NFC and go to the Super Bowl if they had any other quarterback than Geno. And I like Geno. It's just there's certain things I don't like about Geno, right? Like right now... If you look at it, G's being pressured on over 40% of his dropbacks the last three weeks. And when he gets pressured, he has a 6% turnover-worthy uh, rate. Like you said, man, he's prone mm-hmm. to throwing those picks. And then the Ravens, that's what they do. They're number one right now in EPA per play. They're number two in defensive efficiency. This defense is legit. The offense is legit. And this is what I wanted to see with Todd Monk and Colin Plays finally taking over for Greg Roman. When Lamar use, um, uses his legs, leaves the pocket, he's running into light boxes. We're getting more three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets, and we're still getting really good usage from Mark Andrews. And on the defensive side of the ball, going back really quick, they're finally getting healthy, too. They're able to play more man coverage now. Baltimore is because Marlon Humphrey's back healthy. And that's what Mike uh, Mike McDonald likes to do, is play more man coverage, and that's where Humphrey's at his best. He's a man corner. They played, you know, more zone without him. Now that he's back, they're playing more man. And if you look at Geno's splits, he's 35th in EPA per drop back against man coverage. So I have to give the advantage here to the Baltimore defense. And I feel like the market's daring you to take the points with Seattle. Six seems like a big number in this spot. But I like Baltimore even at the six. Like, I think they're really, really legit, man. Lamar right. Jackson also is 17-1 and one against NFC teams in yeah. his career. Oh, yeah. he's incredible. And they are 5-3 and three against And Gus Edwards has been cooking now, man. Gu- three touchdowns the last. Gus Edwards is one for me. The over on his rushing yards. This is the parlay I put together. So I took Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards separately, too, because the ones you like the most, take them separately. Don't get pissed off, because then when you lose it by one, like it's the worst. It's alternate numbers, though. Gus Edwards, just 40-plus rushing yards. He's had 80 and 64 in the last two games. Mark Andrews, a little bit lower, 40-plus receiving yards. Lamar, just 200 or more yards passing. Love that. Zay Flowers, over four and a half receptions. Some screen passes over, like, in the middle there. You're going to have some of those opportunities, just like uh, Mark Andrews. Kenneth Walker, 60-plus rushing yards. That's plus 825. I really like that a lot. Yeah. It's I- a... I like that. Sneaking in some of the alternate numbers, but you got guys, the guys that can all capitalize, like we said, right? If Mark Andrews can do it, you can also use, and look, they love Zay Flowers. They're giving him opportunities there. Just some screen passes. They're just some dump offs. That's all you're really going to want there. It doesn't even have to be any. So I'm not touching the yards. I'm just touching the targets and receptions. Agree, dude. I think Baltimore could have some success. Seattle's defenses look good, but they've also played the second easiest schedule of offenses. Now they're going against that Baltimore offense. Oh, and it's on the road, so. Bet MGM tonight. We'll be back. We got a lot more games to still preview here. It's at all.